Welcome to The Lens, a podcast about viewing all of life through the lens of Jesus. We hope you enjoy. Hey, it's good to connect with you all tonight. My name is Steve Thomas, and uh, I'm here with Greg Davis. Greg, say hello. Hello, everyone. And tonight, we're going to have a great conversation with a dear friend of mine, and uh, we've known each other for, mm, wow, pushing 18 years probably mm-hmm. now. And uh, his name is, is Robert Glass. Rob, say hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, Rob is a professional, local, born and raised in West Palm, right? Yeah. I'm a native Floridian, like yeah, an endangered educated, species. Educated where, right? Native species. <laughs> and, and endangered species. Oh, endangered species. Yeah, species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your educational background? Educational background. You went from the beginning? I can do Yeah, first grade. Oh, sure. Or, I, uh, I, preschool? Sure. I'm very proud of my educational background. I yeah. uh, started off at First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach. Yeah, man. Went to grade school there. And then from there, I went to King's Academy. Graduated from King's Academy. And then from there, I graduated undergrad from FAU. And then I did graduate work at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Awesome. I man. stopped there. I met my wife, and I decided that's enough education. That's enough, right? That's yeah. all you need. You just had to get enough education to get married, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it was a good plan. And you have two children. We have two children, yes. I have awesome. two two daughters. Ava Rose is seven, and Alana Price is four. And just share a little bit of what you're doing right now professionally. I know you've done a lot of different things, a lot of cool stuff. What are you doing right now? So right now, I'm working for St. Anne Place. It's a homeless outreach center downtown West Palm Beach. We're there to help the homeless, the chronically homeless, the newly homeless, um, things, basic things, food and showers, clothing, clean clothing, and help them navigate the safety net system that we have in Palm Beach County. And then my wife and I both, uh, we own a small um, bookkeeping and accounting business where we help entrepreneurs and small business owners with their accounting. Awesome. Yep. Awesome, cool. Well, tonight we wanna talk about uh, what's going on in our country And Rob has a great perspective, uh, being an African-American with various background, really. Mm -hmm. You've you've been raised here in South Florida. Yes. And it's where you've lived your whole life. And uh, um, in the course of our years knowing each other, we've had a lot of great conversations. And I I think that you have a great perspective that I think is worthy for us to kind of hear and understand as we kind of navigate, you know, how are we to function Mm -hmm. these days? So Mm -hmm. uh, you were, you were, talking earlier you were going to share a story sure sure of of, of your early kind of relationship Mm -hmm. with your wife right sure sure you know it's well you know we talked about race you know and you know what's it like to be i'm going to start there if you don't mind you know what's it like to be a black person a black man in america you know i was thinking about that and i said you know being for me being black is like wearing a coat 24 7 you know 365 days a year that you have on where when you get up and leave your house or come back, you don't know what the weather's like, and you don't know how you, it's gonna how it's gonna work, how you respond to it, or how it's gonna be reacting to you. And so, you know, it's it is uh, my first memories early on. You know, and I really didn't know I was black until a little kid on the playground told me. You know, he was mad, and he said, "You know, uh, you know, you know, you're you're black." And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, you know what rhymes with black?" I said, "What?" He goes, "Crap." You know, like, what? So I didn't really, you know, it's funny, and it made me think about this. And so I went home and talked to my parents about this. And then they began to just tell me, you know, here's what life is like. Here's what you're going to experience, you know. You know, people are not going to like you because of the color of your skin, you know. For that very reason alone, uh, you're going to have to work twice as hard to be half as good and perceived and so forth. And so, 
that kind of is just the norm, you know, and it's sad to say it, it is a very burdensome norm because you're walking in to your life every day with this filter that, you know, what to expect next, you know, um, and, and a lot of the things that people talk about, you know, going into stores where people are watching you or just thinking that you're not good enough and you're having to prove yourself over and over and be relevant you know, to a subjective group of people. And I've worked in corporate America for 15 years. And, you know, each stage in my life from from grade school, even in high school, you know, sadly to say, you know, I I experienced racism in high school. But uh, some of the guys that I experienced racism with in high school, we went on to become really good friends because they began to think for themselves. They didn't just go with their inherited things that they learned from their parents or, you know, uh, environments. I wonder if you were a part of that. I, you know, I think it was. I remember playing sports with a buddy of mine, and, you know, and, and I got this a lot. Man, you're different. You're different. You're pretty cool. And I said, you know, I, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, yeah. you know, but yeah. it was a matter of being able to discuss and talk to me as a person, you know, even given the fears that they had learned or things passed down by their parents or what have sure. you about how how black people are or how a black guy is, and then they interact with me, you know, and then... Uh, you know, just a person, man. You know, we, we, we like some of the same things. We want to go have the same dreams. I dream like you do. I want to go on vacation like you do. Um, and I watched a lot of those guys. We became friends as adults. I think you know? that's really important, Robbie, because what you do, and even in our friendship, mm-hmm. I feel like, you just hang in there and you, mm-hmm. you just continue to be you. Sure, sure. And, which I think is so valuable Sure. in this sure. whole thing. And you don't... You know, you 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 speak in a way that can be heard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, without being over the top mm-hmm. or offensive mm-hmm. in any way. You don't mm-hmm. you don't accuse anybody. You just let people know this is how it is. Sure, and I think that's really it's really helpful. Well, it is. You know, I I, I think that 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 um, you know is a big way you can communicate with somebody is to is to listen. I mean, that's important because you, you create a, a platform where the person's not afraid to speak their mind, mm-hmm. you know, and you allow them to, 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 to hear what they're saying without them being judged, and, and then you, you go from there. And that, that's, I think that's really what allows people to, to understand and be on a common ground. I know that's been, for me, like you mentioned, our friendship is just being able to sit down and talk about real issues mm-hmm. without taking them personally but then understanding another person's point of view, you know. Yeah. And then, but my, my point of view is informed by my faith. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, as I've grown, you know, I, I rededicated my life to the Lord in around 1999. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I've been, you know, just really seeking the love relationship with the Lord and believing his word and believing what he says about, you know, if you ask for wisdom, I'll give it to you liberally. And so what with when you talk about all the things that are going on today, you know, I kind of look from that worldview. My worldview is completely influenced 100% by my faith. Mm. You know, I have some, you know, even with my parents, you know, having discussions about race and things, you know, there's a sense of, you know, these issues right here, well, God's not in that. Well, no, nah, well, I, I, not really. God's in everything. I mean, mm. he made the world. It's broken because of sin. So, you know, to me, a natural place to look for solutions, the first place to look is the truth of God's word. You know, and so that's really, that's really, that's how I evaluate things. So I'm looking at at race right now and, and, you know, what comes to mind for me when this, all this, all this stuff has started was, um, you know, I, 
I came to this conclusion by virtue of, of studying God's Word. you got to mine the Scriptures. you got to mine the Scriptures like you're looking for silver and gold. Mm-hmm. And I think if you say you love God, that you should do that, and you, you should commit to doing that. And then you'll find the answers. He promises that. And so, you know, the Lord had been began to reveal to me through studying and everything that hey, racism is not something new. It's been around yeah. since the beginning, okay? And sin is the reason we have this. It's a sin issue. It's a sin issue, and it's a heart issue. And we can look all the way back to the beginning. You know, when Cain killed Abel, you know, he was mad, you know. And the Scripture says, you know, if you hate your brother, it's like the sin of murder. Yeah, that's right. And I think that we're seeing this right now. Like, we look in our world right now, we see hatred unbound leads to manifested murder, real murder. Yeah. You know, and then we're seeing that. We've seen that, you know, most recently with with uh, these deaths, these unfortunate deaths, you know, that 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 have happened. Um, And there is so much hatred after that coming out, you know, and so we continue to do that. And what also comes to mind is, is, you know, the works of the flesh. And so I'm evaluating this saying, this is a sin issue. And we know that these, these are strife, envy, dissensions and factions. And that's all we're seeing in the news right now. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all we're seeing. And so to me as a Christian, I have to check myself and I have to say, you know, look, am I in the works of the flesh or am I, if I, or am I acting out of the spirit? And, and to me, it boils down to that. So I'm evaluating racism as a function of whether or not I'm guiding myself and letting myself look at this through the lens of Scripture. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had some experiences that have been difficult for you. Sure. It's not like you've lived in some kind of a bubble where everyone is nice to you. Uh, so you've had some experiences. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I got pulled over. <laughs> it's interesting. I got pulled over for the first time about 15 years, about a month ago. And, you know, I was on the phone with a colleague at work. It was about midnight. I just left a client's house, you know, and uh, it's midnight. And I got pulled over for my tag lights being out. I didn't even know I had tag lights. So so, so I was like, well, I do. And, uh, and, and I was concerned. So I made uh, my colleague and I advice to stay on the phone so that in case anything happens, there'll be somebody else here to hear this. And I said, you know, that's just a strange thing that I have to do. But it was an automatic, almost precautionary thing that I felt that I needed to do because of the environment, mm-hmm. because it was close to midnight. I was in a affluent area in Jensen Beach, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so it just it just that that kind of consciousness is very energy draining. You know, it takes away from living life, you know, that, you know, thinking that, gosh, you know, I have to be careful here because something might really hurt happen to me. And I'm just simply have some tag lights out, you know. And, um, you know, if you talk about, you know, we go, let's, let's skip over from the playground. Let's, let's go, let's go to back to my mentioned high school. You know, I had, remember my first day in high school, it was actually eighth grade. You know, I had it, I went to my locker and, uh, you know, the guy above me, looked down at me and said, you know, I don't want a black guy with his locker next to mine, wow. you know, and I, and I just, I, I was just like, okay, well, whatever, you know, and I just let that go, and, um, you know, and there was, in all throughout high school, there was always some conversation that was derogatory about black people, mm-hmm. and it's, it was as if there was nothing else to talk about, hey, let's talk about black people, mm-hmm. you know, jokes, you know, about physical appearances, uh, one thing that stands out tremendously was, uh, I'm sure you all remember Vanessa Williams when she became Miss America. Mm-hmm. 
um, and how uh, when that happened, there was a couple kids in line at the cafeteria that just weren't happy about it. And so I had to listen to that for the next, you know, 15 minutes about how, you know, N-word uh, mm-hmm. just became as American, what's, you know, and how bad that was. And these are young, these are teenagers. Yeah. You know, these are teenagers. So, you know, what do you do? You know, in my case, you know, I just had to endure it, you know. And then, uh, and then they see fast forward a little bit in professional life. And I, I've always said this, you know, I would rather have somebody be an overt racist than a tactful racist because a tactful racist to me is much more dangerous. That's the person that's going to smile. That's the person in, in the corporate setting that's in the, in, you know, your, your colleague on your team, the, the leader that you have uh, at the top who is not going to say anything when you're there. But, you know, when you're not there, then there's comments. Then there's, uh, you know, real repercussions, real things that can impact your career. When somebody makes some choices based on race um, or that you're, you know, you're not as important or not as smart as the next person because of the color of your skin or your background. And uh, yeah, I've experienced that in the corporate setting as well. And so, you know, all of these have led me to my, you know, the position I have right now that uh, racism really is about power and privilege. You know, it, it doesn't, human beings will find a way to separate themselves uh, no matter what. And I think that really is, you know, work of the enemy in sin because, you know, you think about it, it's, it's, it's really the acquisition, the maintaining and the exercise of power that people want to hold on to. You know, I just read something in the uh, paper about a NASCAR driver who's black guy, I think his name is Bubba Wallace. Yeah, Wallace yeah. And, uh, you know, and then the person who, there's another person, I guess another person who's in NASCAR as well, I forgot that guy's name, but you know, his comment was so so viscerally uh, 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 violent even to infer that, you know, this person should be, you know, this should be dragged around the track in a noose. And I, and I just, and I just read this article and I just, man, you know, you know, and, but he said, he pref he, he, he said that, you know, Hey, I don't want, I'm not going to watch NASCAR again, this guy, you know, because you've ruined it for me. I mean, someone talking about Wallace. Yeah. Talking about Wallace. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, another person in NASCAR. Right. And so, and I thought it was interesting again, because I'd like to test this, thought about power and privilege and, and just, you know, uh, uh, what I think and how I've come to this conclusion. But here again, he said, you know, you, you took NASCAR away from me. Hmm. You know, you took, I'm not going to watch it anymore, to paraphrase, you know. And everything that, I've, that I hold dear, you ruined for me. Hmm. And, you know, again, there you go with the maintenance of power, maintaining power, privilege, whatever that NASCAR meant to him now that this person who's black has done something differently to change it. And, you know, if you look at cases, case by case, I think that you will find consistently that there is some, there is some level of that going on where, where some group is trying to maintain power and privilege over another group and exercise it. And so I, I mean, with that said, you know, I think about, you know, you look at, you're back into to Joseph back in the Old Testament in Egypt. You know, you have uh, Jews flourishing in Egypt and then the Pharaoh looks out and what's it, the Bible say you know unless they grow in number in number and overpower us mm-hmm. we're going to enslave them yeah. right and, and so what is that that is the maintaining of their power mm-hmm. and with the power comes the privilege so now we're going to enslave them mm-hmm. so I mean if you look throughout history that pattern plays out every single time yeah I think it's interesting that we always try to fix everything with adjustments Let's try to change attitudes. And the reality is the heart is the issue here. 
And I think when when you look at the problems in our nation, mm-hmm. or look at the problems of race, and you look at how people are responding, it's, oh, if we just did this, or if we just acted this way, uh, and policies probably mm-hmm. do need to change, mm-hmm. and, and all those things, but the, the heart is the issue. People always figure out how to mm-hmm. be racist if mm-hmm. they want to be racist. If they, mm-hmm. if they are feel threatened, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's always going to happen until we deal with the heart. Which tells me, and this is, I mean, we haven't talked about this, but let me, I think it's somewhat a failure of the local church to actually raise up real believers that people who claim Christ could be racist. You know what I'm saying? That, that's a, that, that is a great statement because, you know, it is about the heart. Just think about it. Our institutions are made up of individuals, right? You, collectively, you have individuals who have a heart that's in the wrong place. You're going to get an institution it's going to it's act hard. and behave yeah. in improper ways or ways that are inequitable or full of bias. I mean, and so, you know, you look at that, you know, this is an opportunity for the church to to step out, you know, and really we should be leading the whole, the, the entire conversation about unity and narrative in Christ mm-hmm. because that's the only thing that's going to change a heart. We, we know it's the power of us is, is the gospel. And if that doesn't happen, you know, I, it's not going to happen by law. You cannot no, mandate. It's, it's, it's not. And one of the things you said earlier, yeah. um, talking about listening, mm-hmm. um, I feel like that, I think a lot of people, good Bible-believing followers mm-hmm. of Christ, are kind of waking up going, I didn't know there was this much of a problem. Sure. And I think one of the benefits of what I, I think might be happening is people are listening. Mm-hmm to people like you and mm-hmm. other friends of theirs mm-hmm. that, that are people of color and go, tell me the real story. Mm-hmm. And I think that listening, then the question is, do we respond to that and say, listen, I want to I wanna love and respect mm-hmm. you and care about what you're going mm-hmm. through. I don't like what you're, I can't, mm-hmm. I didn't do it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I wasn't totally aware of it, right. but I want to embrace you, right. my friends and my brothers and sisters of color and go, mm-hmm. hey, I understand this is an issue, right. and I want to care about you. And does that ring true for you? It does. That attitude? Or are we on the right track, or not really? No, it is. It, it, it starts with listening, because again, you know, what did God give us? He gave us a spoken word, right? How else do we communicate? You know, our words and our actions. You know, and so, I mean, that we're created in His image, and I think that's where we will find the solution: is to listen and understand. It, I think it comes. It just distills down to. Is simply loving God and then loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, if your son or your daughter had an issue, you know, and they needed you, you would stop what you're doing. And if it was even inconvenient for you, right, you would go to them. Would you listen to them? You would spend as much time as necessary to understand what they're going through, right? Absolutely. So I've always said the real test of friendship is inconvenience. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. if you're really a friend, you know, you'll be inconvenienced. And it, and that's that's a test. Oh, we're out of time. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Am I inconvenienced? But it's true, though. You think about it because because you know, yeah, it, uh, will you will you drive across town to get me when my car dies? Right. That's a friend, right? Right. Even it, if you're in the middle of supper, and you, you know, you'll do it. You'll it do exactly. It. Right. I'm blessed to have friends of all different ethnicities, and I, I love to engage in conversation. And I love the friends of mine who are who are white who want to talk about this. I had a colleague from, from corporate America who is in New Jersey who called me the other day. He, he wanted to know if his thinking was in the right place. Mm. For there was, in, in, you know, he's not a believer, you know, and this is, this is mm. humility, openness, just to know, just to discuss. And so we had a great conversation. 
and you know and, and and a couple other people have called me and so i think that as believers you know we, we really have the upper hand because we have the word of god that really tells us how we should act amongst each other how the body of christ should be with each other now you know and we're supposed to model that type of love for the world you know we'll know that we're christians by our love and then we're supposed or not, to, or, or not. <laughs> well that's great or not exactly yeah. or not yeah. you know because because the world is easy easy to pick out and say well you know you're not showing me love because you don't accept me but that's not what you know we're talking about here we're talking about listening understanding you in light of the gospel in light of what god is saying about what's what god's design is what god's word says you know how we live in righteousness and pursue that so you know i mean yeah it, it, it's 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 going to require some humility and you know my wife and disclaimer here my wife is white you know and and i gotta tell you here's a perfect example that i've seen in my life so with all the difficulties and painful experiences and so forth uh you know when i met my wife i just said in it was coming out of a relationship where where that relationship ended because of a a racial factor and it was extraordinarily painful uh, for me, and I made the decision at that point that I was never going to sidestep who I was, who I am, for anybody. And and in, in that this is it, you know, WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. And so at that point, I said, you know, I'm never going to try to make myself fit in anymore. You know, I'm going to be who God made me to be, and just go about my business and go about His business. And so when I met my wife, we had this conversation, and I told her, I said, listen, is anybody in your family? has any issues with race and ethnicity or have a problem with me, the most we can be is friends. Let me put that out there right now. We were having dinner and, you know, I, I was surprised because she came back and said, well, what kind of people have you been hanging out with? That's, that's, <laughs> I want to, I want to congrats. It's a pretty romantic move. <laughs> but I was, <laughs> Hey, you know, I made, I drew guys, a line. Guys got game. I know? drew a line in the sand. Maybe she, you know, like that, but I drew a line in the sand. But in seriousness, mm -hmm. I think it is a pretty romantic move, mm -hmm. move because it's saying, Hey, listen, if we're going to care about each other, I don't want to hurt you, and I don't want to get hurt if there's going to be a problem. I think that's really a caring, honest thing to do that a lot of guys aren't willing to do in a relationship because they're like, I want to see if I can get this down the road far enough where we're, where she'll marry me anyway, right, in spite of whatever, right? Well, we're, yeah. We're right up front. Yeah. Yeah, let's get this out of the way so we don't waste our time. It was a significant thing because I wanted yeah. my marriage, If we, you know, at the time, got married, I wanted to work. You know, I wanted to work. I wanted to be under God. And... and and, you know, I said, please tell your parents that I'm black. And she said, no, I'm not. I don't think it's important. I said, no, listen, really, tell your parents I'm black. <laughs> She's like, I really don't think they care. I said, okay, I understand that. You know, third time, I would really appreciate it if you would tell them I'm black. So, you know, her conversation with her father was more like, you know, I guess she told, <laughs> told him, like, he's concerned that he's black and blah, blah, blah. And so uh, her father called me up on the phone and set up a time to meet with me drove all the way from arcadia florida now he's a retired minister to have lunch with me to let me know in no uncertain terms that if a person calls themselves a follower of jesus christ then there's no place for racism in their heart mm -hmm. and if they are they need to reevaluate their belief they need to reevaluate their relationship with jesus mm -hmm. No one had ever said that to me or approached me like that in my entire life. Wow. It changed everything for me personally. Yeah. Because, as I said before, the real test of friendship is inconvenience. 
I mean, he's a busy man. He got in this truck and he drove all the way over here just to tell me that. And that's how that's how the relationship has been ever since. Well, I love the responsiveness of that. Right? He didn't just tell her. Mm -mm. He didn't just phone you. He's saying this is important enough for me to get this right. Yes. For you to understand mm -hmm. that I'm going to make mm -hmm. a big move like that. And I think mm -hmm. that's a great model for us. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, if someone is concerned, there might be racism in your church, in mm -hmm. your family, in your neighborhood. To make the effort, mm -hmm. listen. I just want to tell you where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is how I feel. Yeah, I care for you. Mm -hmm. uh, I I understand I, I, as much as I can as a white person. Sure, you know that there's a problem, but I want you to know I love you, and you're my brother. You're my going to be possibly my son-in-law, whatever it mm -hmm. is. And let's just be clear from the very beginning. I think that's an awesome move. It, it was it was powerful. It was extreme. That's what I would expect. We should all be in that posture. Yeah. In that responsiveness that you said, because a lot of times we don't want to deal with the pain, the guilt. I've heard people, some of my friends have told me, you know, there's, you know, I feel guilty. You know, I didn't do anything, but I feel guilty. You know, I'm like, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I just want to talk about, <laughs> just, just talk about it. Because that doesn't ring true for you, does it? What's that? People saying, hey, I'm sorry, I'm guilty. For no, it doesn't do, I mean, I don't want anybody to apologize to me because I think it's completely irrelevant because you didn't do anything to me. And just because you're apologizing for something your ancestors did, albeit, you know, I will say appreciate that type of accountability, but, you know, it doesn't do anything. If you if you want to do something that's relevant, listen to what's going on and just examine your own heart, you know. And, and, and I'm going to share a story, a story about another realization and revelation I believe that the Lord gave me um, in, my, in, in, in racism in general because... You know, um, you know, I worked in a law firm in downtown, and, and on one of the, the floor below us, there was an immigration attorney. And this was a big turning point in my own perspective. And every day, primarily this, this uh, attorney uh, was, was seeing people who were seeing Guatemalan families that were coming in, and, you know, husbands, wives, kids. And every day I would walk past these families, and I didn't say hello. I didn't do anything, you know, and... I said, one day, the Lord just convicted me like, you know, these are people I've created in my image. You're just walking past them. And then it hit me. You know what? I have been, I have such bitterness in my heart. Now, as a black man, always expecting the worst, okay? Always expecting the worst that every white person I see may or has a high possibility, high, you know, probability that they, they have racist heart or racist, you know, thoughts. You know, and then the Lord convicted me of that because I realized that, you know, I'm not a racist, me, but they were invisible to me. Mm. And that made me very conscious and very sad. But then I said, you know what, this is probably the case for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's not that their hearts are racist, it's that they're just, other people are invisible to them. Yeah, they devalue other human beings for whatever reason. And they're just not could there. Be their ethnicity yeah. could be their station in life. Mm -hmm. Could be what they're doing. Could mm -hmm. be a waiter, waitress, doorman, uh, valet, mm -hmm. any of those things. And I've seen people um, really disrespect people who are serving them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. how can you be mm -hmm. that way? This mm -hmm. is a human being sure. that's doing a service for you. Sure. And they're like, oh, they just want a tip. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. they deserve a tip. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. and and one of the things that you really 
followers of Jesus should be the best tippers in the business. Just, just right. Well, no, you're that. right. You're right. You know, Absolutely. This is a person of value. You that's know? it. And I think that's that mindset. I think you were sharing earlier that you know we so want to uphold our power and mm-hmm. exercise our power. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when people, and this is a silly example, but they go out to dinner, well, I have the ability to have power over this waiter or waitress. That's ridiculous. It's very real. And when Jesus is going out to eat and washing people's feet. Well, there you go. While he's doing it, you know, and and I think that we miss that so many times as believers and we fall into this power uh, exercise kind of mindset. Well, it's a right. I have a right to fill in right. the blank. I have a right to fill in the blank. You know, yeah. and that was where the Lord just really said, you know, what are you going to do about it now that I've showed this to you? So I became intentional about greeting them when I saw it, walking them up to the office, saying hello, maybe playing with the kids and just realize. And, and then, but it also helped me with my my heart because I realized that, hey, you know what? It's just that my life is sometimes people in culture, they just don't intersect. And that's just by virtue of their lives. Yeah. There's nothing insidious about it, right. nothing evil about it. It's just they just simply don't ex- they don't intersect. Like I, I did. Maybe you have never spent time with a black person or a black family, mm-hmm. and that all that you know about a black family is, you know, what you see in the news, which is negative, you know, or what have you. And then when you get to know somebody, and you understand where they came from, what they do, their likes, dislikes, their dreams, goals, their family. I mean, it, it, it's 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 a beautiful thing. And then those of us that are in Christ. I think that's something that I've always would, would love to see that the church do more is, is 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 you know integrate in the sense of our social interactions, you know different ages, different cultures, you know, um, so that if you you know you have we have so many different groups, you know, the young marrieds, young marrieds, one three years old, young married right, four right, or five right, year olds, right, right. young married mill married, what, it, all, so, it, right? It, you know, it, it, according to the Bible, we're supposed the young supposed to learn from the old. You know, the mothers teach the young mother, young mothers and so on and so forth. And and so I think with that occurs, we're going to have a natural, organic way of fellowship and then growth and then understanding. But if we continue to separate and divide ourselves, you know, then, you know, what are the chances that we're going to have a we're going to be able to do that? My wife and I actually met. OK, we met on Match.com because we were two busy professionals. Now, we had seen each other at church. You know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a small group. But the funny part about it was I was cheap, so I never paid for the subscription. So <laughs> I decided to pay for the so subscription. Well, yeah, <laughs> I paid for the subscription. But then I realized if you don't pay, they don't give you all the good picks. And so uh-huh. it's all the good choices. And so when I did, you know, she saw me and then I saw her and we exchanged messages. But the point of that is our lives are so busy, Right. When do you have an opportunity to, to, to interact with somebody that's not in your lane? Probably never unless it's completely intentional exactly. or inconvenient. Exactly. And the seeking it out. The intentionality of that, to seek out. And I think this time in our culture is a great time to seek out people. Hey, listen, I'm not like you. I just got to mm-hmm. be honest. We don't live in the same zone, but I want to hear from you because I want to understand. Absolutely. I think that's a critical thing. You know, I love the way Jesus answers the question, what's the most important and all the law. Mm-hmm. What's the most important commandment? Mm-hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is likened to it, which I love this. He doesn't just go, and the second is totally different. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And the point is that you really can't do, they're connected. You sure. can't do really mm-hmm. one without the other. Mm-hmm. I can't love God and hate what he's created mm-hmm. or fail to love what he, because I'm really loving God when I'm loving my brother or my sister. Mm-hmm. And when I single out certain people, I don't like these people. I don't like the type of person. Mm-hmm. 
I don't like people from part of the country, mm -hmm. from another country, certain ethnicity. That should be those warning lights on our dashboard mm -hmm. that says, sometimes they're right. Mm -hmm. You're not right with God if you hate your brother. Right. Um, and I think that the important thing for us to do is to think, all right, what is my role to be? How do I do that? Mm -hmm. And not just be um, listening to whatever culture tells us mm -hmm. is the right thing to say today, mm -hmm. but to listen to the actual people mm -hmm. on your in your neighborhood, in mm -hmm. your church, in your area. Mm -hmm. How would how could you help me? How could you? One of the questions I like to ask people: Tell me something that you don't think I would know. That's a good question. And well, that I wouldn't naturally know. Why would I mm -hmm. know that? Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that really helps us kind of move to be connected with each other. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it requires us to care about other people and be present. We're so busy, you know, half the time you got to ask yourself, if, are you really present in the moment when you're talking to somebody? Right. Or are you, you just, past. yeah, are you just looking past, waiting for it? Um, you know, I caught my daughter. I always say to her, I said, so what's going on? And she go, good. And I said, <laughs> I said, gosh, you're only seven. If you already started, okay, I've got to do some work here. here. But you know, and, it, and it's and it's it's that idea of, of living your life, in the you know in present. God is li God is the eternal now. Okay, mm -hmm. he's he's here, and you know if we are sit still, we we are in his presence. But then we go out from that point, and and we begin to to like you said, love God. The natural outgrowth of that is loving other people. Because think about it, he just created, he created us. You know, here we are. You take the people out of the world, you have nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no businesses. There's no, all the things we put our time and emotion into, there's none of that works. And I think we're seeing that right now with this virus. I mean, you have a virus that has just pulled everybody back out of, you know, businesses, out of social events, out of all kinds of things. And you see, you know, what's an economy without people? You know, what's life without people? And so, you know, it's, it's really humbling yourself I think you know putting in check what your priorities are uh, in relationships. I mean that's the that's the biggest thing that God's created. I mean, it's the richest thing. Yes, God's created, and that's why one of the things we have a great opportunity to do here in South Florida mm -hmm. is we can have relationships mm -hmm. with people who are from just absolutely the oh, certainly. end of the earth. Absolutely, and and their their experience is so different. Absolutely, and so we're trying. You know, if we miss that, mm -hmm. we've not only dishonored God, but we've missed this richness of life that we're. Mm -hmm going to enjoy in heaven when we spend eternity with all these mm -hmm. people from every end of the every nation ethnicity eth ethnic spectrum right and uh, we'll be hanging out right and uh um i think that's greg that's probably the end of the matter what do you think <laughs> <laughs> that's the matter right there that's in the matter as, uh, as ecclesiastes says so Anything else you'd like to share with us tonight, Rob? I appreciate your time. Tonight. Sure. Yeah, it's great to connect with you. You know, I, I would like to share what we talked about earlier. You know, you know, you earlier asked me about what advice. Yeah. You know, I'm careful about giving advice, but I'll tell you what advice I give to myself. And that's with all of this is that I need to check myself, make sure that I'm not in the works of the flesh when I'm relating to other people. You know, really think about that and, and think and then look at the fruits of the spirit. Am I operating in that? And then if I'm not, repent and ask the Lord to fill me with the Spirit, and then come back to the end of the matter, which is love God, mm -hmm. you know, and then love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, yeah, it, it's I, I, that simple. And I think one of the temptations in this time is to skip the self-examination and just mm -hmm. say what everyone else is saying. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay, well, so I'm sorry that my ancestors did this and that and whatever, and I'm sorry that this... And then you just kind of go on. 
but have you done with your heart towards people really to where you really want to understand mm-hmm. what you shared? And that, I think, is what God wants in this time. I agree. You Couldn't know? agree more. And, and uh, that's, that's what I think is really actually very fun mm-hmm. and it enjoyable. Is. And I, 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 I've loved listening to you talk tonight because you've, you know, you've shared and you've, you've given us this great illustration mm-hmm. of what this is like. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in all of this, you, know, you still love um, us as mm-hmm. white people. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm going to be going home soon and, and your wife hanging out with my wife. Yeah, so, which I think is awesome. It's a yeah. great picture, I think, mm-hmm. for us. So really appreciate, sure. appreciate you and your Thank friendship you. and uh, your walk with Jesus. Um, and all that you're doing right now. So thanks for your time. Today. Hey, no problem. It was, it was a blessing to be here. And I hope that we can join and do this this work together. Absolutely, you know? brother. Amen. Greg, yeah. anything you'd like to share as we finish up tonight? No, thank you for coming. I just met you today, but I, that was one of the most um, encouraging and just, uh, yeah, encouraging and blessing just to hear you share your story. And uh, I can tell that you have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ, and that is how you operate, how you see the world. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Appreciate you, Ryan. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to The Lens. I hope you will subscribe and share this podcast with others. Be looking forward to more episodes in the near future. For more information, please visit fbcdelray.com.